Optimum is here. From fast to 100% fiber fast. Get award-winning internet, mobile, and TV. Call 866-9-OPTIMUM or visit Optimum.com. And good Saturday morning to you. It is Thanksgiving week. At least I'm going to claim it at this point in time. Andres Garrett left. Andres Flores with you. Jackson Frazier across the way. Making sure you can hear us on the air. Part, uh, Saturday morning quarterback with you on Optimum Game Day Live. Part of Double T 97.3's coverage of Texas Tech football coming up uh, later today. I don't even want to think about it because it's making me cold just sitting here in my seat. But the Red Raiders and Iowa State Cyclones from Ames, Iowa with a, a wind chill in the single digits, <laughs> if even. If even. If. By the time that uh, the game is over, I, I don't even want to know what it might be when it gets uh, super dark out there. Iowa State going to roll out in the all-darks, uh, their uh, night black uniforms. Um, I guess they just hadn't used those up yet, so they had to use them at some point. Uh, so they got to beat Texas Tech to be bowl eligible and win again next week. Texas Tech just needs to win one of the next two to find their way back to a bowl. But, uh, man, it'd be nice to have the momentum of a 7-5 and five season as opposed to a 6-6, six and six, Andres. And except for the weather and the road environment, it's really hard for me to find any reason why Texas Tech should not win this game. But the first two things I said are all the reasons I need to say they won't. <laughs> They actually asked me if, if we wanted to fly out to Ames and, and do this uh, right there in front of the and Jack Trice, but I said, no, let's just save it for next week, and, and, and we'll be okay. Uh, Chris Sizemore had us electric blankets like he did last week. I think well, I, I could live with it. I thought he was going to have one right now. I'm kind of wanting a blanket right now. Well, it's, uh, it is very nice and cozy here in the First United Bank studios. Uh, thankful. Thanks, Jackson, for getting here early and turning up the air. All the things. Greatly appreciated. Nice and warm in here, but it has been a cold week. It, it is nowhere close to what the coldness will be uh, in Ames today as Texas Tech looks to get bowl eligible. And uh, certainly a performance last week, Andres, from uh, your starting quarterback that I think gives you a lot of hope that uh, hopefully his uh, recovering, healing body can handle the uh, the really nasty temperatures up there in Ames tonight. Man, I'm glad I'm not there. But, yes, it's going to be it's going to be tough, but uh, definitely do have some confidence in, in, in quarterback Tyler Shuck and what he did last week, and hopefully he can carry that. And you know, just imagine if he's healthy not only this year but all of last year too, and, and see what kind of that was because that was pretty impressive last week. Yeah, certainly a, a very different Tyler Shuck than the one we had seen the two previous yeah. weeks uh, coming back from that shoulder injury. So we shall see kickoff tonight at 6 p.m. We've got you covered all day long here on Optimum Game Day Live. Thetford and Ash are going to follow us uh, later on at 9, and then a continuation of the show from 2 until 5. Fox Sports Radio will be with you from 12 to 2 today. Uh, we're going to have some other college football action over on 100.7 The Score. Illinois at Michigan coming up at 10.30. So uh, got you covered in every which way today as we get ready for the Red Raiders and the Cyclones. Unfortunately, the hope of continuation of season is still, uh, it's still there for Texas Tech. It's unfortunately not there for uh, lots and lots of programs in West Texas as another rough week across the board in general for West Texas high school football teams trying to go east and stake their claim toward a third round bid in the playoffs. We'll start in class 6A where we saw the Friendship Tigers take on a state power who has been in that position for a very long time down at San Angelo Stadium. The Tigers taking on the South Lake Carroll Dragons and uh, as you might expect but I hoped might not be the case 
Carroll just too much on both sides of the football, offensively and defensively, for the Tigers to be able to hold on. They fall 69-14, to and their season comes to an end. Very successful season still at 9-2. and now, Speaking of quarterback play, no one did it better in West Texas in 2022, in my opinion, than Hudson Hutchison did for the Friendship Tigers. But a uh, stout defensive front and DBs for South Lake Carroll really limit that Friendship offense to only two touchdowns. The first time you really you've seen them held to that kind of number, uh, really since non-district play way back in week one and maybe week three against Monterey before they get rolling uh, in that game as well. But uh, everywhere else, all through district, they moved the football however they wanted to. Uh, but to both defense and offense, just overmatched by the big and powerful South Lake Carroll program out in 6A. And unfortunately, that's that's kind of what you run into this yep. time of year. Uh, uh, with, with this level of, of play at the 6A level. No, yeah, no doubt about that. And I'm, we've been talking about it several weeks, just how well the defense had been playing those last couple of weeks uh, going into the playoffs. But last night, man, just tough tough to go up against that team. I'm sure they uh, have things rocking and rolling uh, heading into the area round championship game for the South Lake Carroll Dragons, man. But still a great season for friendship. You, you've done something you've never done in the 6A classification. That's a you know, shared district title. You have a winning record in district, and it's just, um, you know, you haven't seen it there with Coach Jay, Jay Northcutt, but they're finally to get over the edge and, and, and break that and, and, and be successful this season. So at the end of the day, it's, it's a good season. You would have loved to played it a little bit longer, but when you run into teams like that, man, it's, it's just tough. Well, and the reality is there's a lot of young talent in yeah. that program. Uh, certainly some, some guys already playing varsity football that will uh, – uh, continue to be there. Your skill guys come back. Your quarterback comes back. You lose Tate Beals. That's about it um, as far as key receivers. I just think there's a lot of potential there. And the the younger classmen that are playing at the sub-varsity levels uh, also have had lots and lots of success to this point out there in friendship. So lots more to come, you would hope, but uh, a big step still to take to overcome those powerful programs like South Lake Carroll. Uh, elsewhere in 6A Division Two. Carroll will now play McKinney, who beat Dallas Jesuit 42-7. to Denton Guy remained undefeated. They beat undefeated Highland Park until that point, 63-42. to uh, Denton Guy will now play Trophy Club Byron Nelson, who uh, beat El Paso Eastwood 35-28. Eastwood really putting uh, putting up all kinds of fight there to try to continue their season, but they came up just short. Uh, in 6A Division One. El Paso Pebble Hills almost knocks off undefeated North Crowley as well, but... North Cali wins 49-42. They will face Prosper, who beat South Grand Prairie 38-26. Midland Legacy will play later today against Keller, so they are the only remaining 2-6A program still playing at this point. That one will be in Midland at 1 p.m. today, so the, the Rebels get to host that football game. They will, if they win, play Louisville, who was a 10-0 winner over Arlington Martin last night uh, in 6A. So uh, one West Texas school, not really in our listing area, but the Midland Legacy Rebels still looking to continue their run. And honestly, when I look at this, Andres, it's kind of ironic. There's nobody in the Division One, Region One playoff list here other than Prosper, who's had a really outstanding season, that just jumps off the page at you as far as tradition and history and all that kind of stuff. I mean, Keller, Louisville, Arlington Martin, they're all good teams i guess but nobody that scares you then you look over at division two and you see dittengeier highland park south lake carroll <laughs> yeah the tigers the tigers would have benefited from being a bigger school i know i was gonna say that imagine if you know a couple more students <laughs> go to friendship over there and maybe they get up into division one but crazy to see that carroll and park and 
even Guy are still Division Two. How how long have they been six A powers and they're still at Division Two? And looking out ahead to the future in the next five six years, what really makes this all kind of weird is is you know in one case you're thinking we've got to get over the hump, we've got to move to this level where we can truly compete with a South Lake Carroll. Well, in four or five years you won't have to. In fact, it'll be less than that. It'll be shorter time where you go back to you know 5a maybe even down to 4a d1 for a stretch depending on how the new schools being built and cooper and friendship play out it, it's just uh it's an interesting thought to consider that you're you're battling a, a demon that you won't have to battle very long before now you're the big school again in a in a smaller pool so we'll, we'll see how things play out it would be cool for friendship to have some success at 6a beyond the second round before that change comes but right now uh, their draw was not a fortunate draw by any means, uh, as was Cooper's. Not fortunate whatsoever. They draw Lido in the second round. The Bearcats, uh, a nemesis of years past in the later rounds of the playoffs, and unfortunately for the Cooper Pirates, they were a nemesis again this year. Cooper falls in Sweetwater last night, 45-21 to to Alito. This game a, a little more competitive than the friendship ball game, but also still just another one that uh, the Pirates never really got themselves into a competitive position competitive position in the second half and ultimately fall there by uh, 24 points to Alito. Still, again, a good season for the Cooper Pirates, their first season in 5A Division I, uh, a season in which all four of the playoff teams out of two 5A Division I uh, you know, we're still in the playoffs here in the second round. So this was not a, a, a slouch kind of season. It was not kind of, uh, of an easy just walk through, but uh, it does come at the hands of the Little Bearcats to an end last night, uh, despite uh, what, what really was, was a, I thought, a better chance maybe than friendship to try to get an upset win here. Yeah, probably about that. Just, just falling short and looking at some of these numbers. First time since 2017 where they do not advance past the area round. Um for the Pirates, so that's definitely tough to swallow. They've been very, very good, not only in the by district round where they've shut out plenty of opponents uh, on their way to the second round, but not being able to get past this round here this year. Uh, they lost to Parkland that year in 2017, 45-34. Yep, they would have faced Midlothian, who was undefeated had they won. Uh, Midlothian beat Amarillo High 56-28. to Burleson Centennial knocked off Tascosa 31-7. to They played that one in Wichita Falls yesterday afternoon. So Tascosa's season comes to an end at 10-2. and Abilene High, the lone school left out of 2-5A Division I. They shut out Red Oak 35 to nothing to advance now to face Burleson Centennial. They're only 6-6 six and six of the Eagles. Uh, you know, we saw them uh, really dominate game against uh, Monterey and really, you know, play very well against some folks. Look, uh... A little more pedestrian against others. But, uh, again, the luck of the draw, really, in a lot of ways, because Red Oak, uh, for whatever reason, just wasn't ready to play yesterday. And a losing record that Abilene brought into the uh, postseason at 4-6 and six coming in has now been evened up with two wins. And now they get a shot at Burleson Centennial to find their way all the way to the regional final. Uh, that's uh, that's pretty impressive, really, for Abilene High uh, and Coach Warren there. They, they Excuse me, not Coach Warren, Coach Fullen. But they have had a, a up and down year that just uh, kind of fell into the right seating of the bracket. Yeah, that's how it goes. Sometimes that's the, what did Ron Washington say. That's the way football goes, I guess, or at least high school uh, playoff football. Get that seed, get that draw, and, uh, and you never know what can happen. We say that all the time in professional sports, in, in baseball playoffs, NBA playoffs. Anything can happen once you get there. So, congrats to them. So, in six A Division One, Midland Legacy is a district foe of our 
local schools, and in 5A Division One, Abilene High is a district foe. They are the only two uh, that are remaining in the area in 6A D1, 6A D2, and 5A D1. In 5A D2, no local schools playing, but Abilene Wiley has extended its season. It beats Colleyville Heritage 50 to 40. I mean, that's a that's a big win for a Wiley club in 5A D2. They will now get El Paso Canatillo, who beat Fort Worth Arlington Heights 21 to 14. A very winnable game, I would argue, for the for the Bulldogs yet again. On the other side of that bracket, Wichita Falls Rider gets shut out and loses seven to nothing. What a bizarre score in, in 2022 high school football in Texas, but Argyle beats Wichita Falls Riders <laughs> seven to nothing. Grapevine beats Abilene Cooper 38 to 21. So Argyle and Grapevine on one side of 582, Canatillo and Abilene Wiley on the other side. Uh, so the Wiley Bulldogs looking to make the kind of runs you're used to seeing. It's been a yeah. long time. Hey, and I know Wiley's not considered Abilene ISD, but still, congrats to uh, Garland down there, Coach Coach. Uh, the UAD down there. Oh, Coach Garfield. Yeah. Garfield, yes. So, well, and he saw, I mean, he's got Abilene there. He's got Cooper that made it to the second round. Uh, not a bad start for him. And, and yeah, I don't think anyone in Abilene ISD <laughs> wants to claim any credit on Wiley or vice versa. <laughs> they don't love each other. No, they don't. But out there to the east. But uh, but Gar does have Abilene High sitting there at 6 and 6. So, uh, yeah, good, successful first year of football for him as the AD at Abilene ISD. Estacado battled it out up north in Canyon last night. We'll give you that score. And look at 4A and 3 when we come back here on the Saturday Morning Quarterback, part of Optimum Game Day Live, presented by United Supermarkets, right here on Double T 97.3. You're listening to Optimum Game Day Live, Countdown to Kickoff, presented by United Supermarkets. Great season for the Estacado Matadors in their first year under head coach Will Blaylock comes to a an end last night. They fall to Randall 27-14, to a game that uh, Randall basically played on its home field there at the former Kimbrough Stadium, now Canyon Happy State Bank Stadium. Uh, you know, it's, it's good to know that, that uh, the Double T 97.3 mobile app and, uh, you know, a stadium share the same sponsor. That's exciting stuff there. But uh, it was not fortunate for the Estacado Matadors last night as they fall 27-14. Uh, get a, a pick. They were down 13 nothing to start the second half, but a, a pick leads to a Bobby Ross touchdown to cut it to 13-7. Randall pulls to a 27 lead with a touchdown late in the third quarter. Estacado gets another touchdown from D.J. Johnson to make it 20-14. Unfortunately, the Matt's not able to get a stop, and Randall scores one more time to make it 27-14. That was the final 7-5, and five, the final record for the Estacado Matadors in year one under Will Blaylock. But, uh, you know, a lot of much more hyped, I think you could say, and better record teams uh, on the east side have not made it to the second round. So in that sense, getting a playoff win in the first season and finishing a, a really firm second behind a still-playing Brownwood team in district, uh, I think a pretty good year for Will Blaylock. Definitely, definitely. And, and to keep that <laughs> momentum going into this offseason and on into next year for the Matadors, I know it was a kind of a tough tough situation when Cluley left. Joe Cluley was so loved by, by the Estacado, Estacado kids, and for him to go back to his to his home to welcome in Coach Blaylock and, and continue that tradition uh, that the Westerners have built over the last few uh, several seasons now, even going back to Coach Shavers uh, when Coach Shaver was here. So hopefully they can keep that rolling with Coach Blaylock and and uh, just continue to build there over on the east side. 
And basketball season now underway for us. Well, it's been underway, but now it's fir- <laughs> firmly underway. Uh, Monterey over at Estacado today, by the way, at 3 p.m. If you're just looking for some basketball action, it should be a good ball game uh, played over there today. The winner of that ball game, Randall, gets now Decatur, who beat Andrews 42-15 to last night. So Randall and Decatur on one side of the bracket. The other side, Wichita Falls High, benefiting from the drop to 4AD1. Certainly, they are now 8-4. and four. They beat Big Spring 31-7 to late last night. Uh, that gets them a matchup now with Brownwood, who was a 31-10 to winner over Canyon High. So Wichita Falls and Brownwood, Randall and Decatur uh, are the remaining teams there. Uh, Brownwood, the district champion there in the Estacados district, uh, looking to keep things rolling. They are now 10-2, and the best record left in Region 1. Uh, would have been would have been really neat though to see Estacado get a shot at Decatur. I think they would have had a chance in that one and uh, get back to a rematch with Brownwood would have been fun, but not in the cards. Again though, just like we've mentioned with Friendship particularly, and, and it's true to an extent with Cooper as well. Even though they've got maybe a few more seniors, Estacado got a lot of youth uh, that saw plenty of football this year uh, that will come back not only with the talent but the experience now uh, of a year under their belt and some more growth, some more time in the weight room. Uh, certainly could see the Mats really, really uh, challenge, I think, that Brownwood Club for the district title in a year's time. Yeah, that'll be a fun matchup coming up next season, just get those young guys uh, to develop. And, of course, I've, I've spent plenty of time talking with Coach Wagner and all the coaches over Coach Giannis at uh, Estacado, and they love their athletes playing multiple sports. So you're going to see several of these football guys go and play basketball, go and play baseball, and, and be part, not even just those main sports, but wrestling and track and all things to, to help build for next year, and I'm sure that's going to be a lot of fun to watch next year. Another rough night as well in 4AD2 where all the area teams see their seasons come to an end. Uh, Seminole on Thursday night playing at McMurray there in uh, Abilene, taking on Godley, who only came into the game at 6-5, and five, plays a very tight, very tough game, but unfortunately it falls the way of Godley by one point, 41-40. Seminole and Greg Pointers, Season comes to an end with a record of 10-2. and two. Uh, So many woulda, coulda, shouldas in that second half for Seminole. Chances to uh, to take a lead that uh, you know potentially could have not been overcome by Godley. And at the end of the day, uh, not fortunate for them. What, what does work out for New Home, which is a, a big game we'll talk about here in a little bit, does not work out for Seminole. And they fall on the wrong side of uh, two-point conversions, losing 41-40. to 40. Great year, though, for Pointer and his team. Godley will now get Monahans, who beat Ferris 35-14. to uh, On the other side of that bracket, Wichita Falls Hershey beat Canyon West Plains 42-17, to ending West Plains' first season as a football program. For Hershey now gets Glen Rose, who was a 63-12 to winner over Fort Stockton uh, in 4AD2. But, uh, again, Monahans uh, uh, kind of coming, coming up from uh, what has been a rough few years to now make it to the third round. But... No South Plains clubs left in 4A Division Two. I really, really thought Seminole had a chance to make a run here. Just a, a, a bad set of breaks there in the fourth quarter for the Indians. Yeah, and that's tough, and I do want to save the, the discussion of the two-point play coming up when we get to our questions. You mentioned the new home game last night, but uh, for Seminole, just, just tough going, and it's just one of those plays that you just you never know what you're, what's going to happen. You know what I mean? And just, just kind of is that decision when you start making that decision, we'll get to that here in a little bit. But for Monahan's, what since uh, since old Coach Owens over there at Monahan's leading the way has been that long since yeah. they uh, really have been going this far into the playoffs. I mean, nine and four last season, uh, but then all the way back, Mickey Owens 
you know, back to 2009, 2010, 2011, they're making deep runs, you know, 11 and 1, 13 and 1, 12 and 3 back in 2011. So they've had some success over the over the last, you know, several decades. It's been a long while, and uh, they are back in it at this point in time. Dalhart uh, fell 65 to 15 in 3A Division One, but more importantly, uh, another just heartbreaking tight ball game finds the shallow water Mustangs on the wrong end. They lose to Paradise 17 to 14 in Colorado City last night. Paradise now 10 and 2 will play Whitesboro in that second round, but uh, shallow water. Uh, same kind of story, just key moments here and there at any point in the game turns that game around. But in the second half, the, the Mustangs just not able to put things back over the top against Paradise, and they fall to a you know program we, we've talked about we really don't know much about or haven't heard much about in a long time. But uh, kind of what I what I wanted, what I really, really wanted to see was a regional final where Shallow Water and Bushland found each other again. Instead, it'll be Paradise that advances. Bushland, though, does advance. They beat Jim Ned last night right here in Lubbock at Lowry Field, 28-10. to uh, Meanwhile, Brock beat Muleshoe, 57-20. to A great year for the Mules, ends at 8-4. and uh, Really kind of a comeback year for them as well. Uh, what has been a while since they found their way into the playoffs and won a game. But they see the Brock Eagles come uh, in and, and take care of that last uh, Thursday night at the Sweetwater Mustang Bowl. So Bushland and Brock facing off. The winner of that gets the winner of Whitesboro and Paradise. But, uh, you know, we kind of still kind of scratched my head a little bit with how dominant Shallow Water was in that win over Bushland. Turnovers helped that game kind of go the way that it did. But uh, it would have been an outstanding rematch had the chance played out for those two to, to meet again. Unfortunately, it won't be the case. Bushland is the only district uh, kind of team left in our area, but no South Plains teams left at all as Shallow Water Falls in that one. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure what to what to say about that, just not knowing really anything about Paradise. It's hard to gauge whether you feel like that game should have gone that way or not. Yeah, I, I, coming into this year, I've never never, never seen that, that team here on one of our uh, schedule boards and our bracket boards that we have in front of us. But, uh, man, good season for the, uh, for the Mustangs. I'm sure they're very disappointed. Wouldn't have loved to have gone a little bit further. And you mentioned that possible rematch we could have had Versus Bushland, that would have been a lot of fun, but uh, that'll probably have to wait till till another year. Well, they'll play it again next year in a district rematch, so we'll see how it goes at that time. But uh, a good season there for Shallow. Congratulations, Coach Vincent and company, making it this far, finishing the year at ten and two. We do have a winner, thank goodness, <laughs> in three A Division two, where Idaloo, uh, and I told you, I told you this was true <laughs> for the first time, maybe all season. I didn't reverse jinx somebody, but Idaloo beats Crane 28 to nothing. Crane just uh, played a very weak schedule across the season, and they uh, uh, were not up to the task of taking on Clay White and company. Idaloo wins 28 to nothing down in Denver City last night. They are now nine and three. They advanced to the third round where they will face Wall, who was a 44 to 10 winner over Childress. That ought to send you some level of statement to know that someone beat Childress by 34 points. Now, it's a children's team that's not as good as it has been, uh, but nevertheless, uh, Wall has to be pretty salty. They are now 10-1 and one on the year, so Idaloo and Wall next week. Don't know a sight and time on that one yet. If any of you Wildcat fans out there can hit us up on the 8th Swing Center chat line, we'll certainly share that information, but uh, big win for Clay White and company. On the other side of that bracket, Spearman defeated Alpine 49 to nothing down at uh, post-Jimmy Red Memorial Field last night. Spearman only five and seven now after that win, but they really seem to be finding their their get along right now as they uh, kind of struggled through district, had to win in the final week to get into the playoffs over Tulia. 
uh, for the second straight season, but they do manage to get in, and now they're just pounding people. They will face a rematch of District Foe Canadian, who beat early 42-14, to Canadian now 10-2. and That game earlier this year, uh, going the way of the Wildcats, as, uh, well, you know, it usually does, <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, Spearman looking to get a big upset. Uh, the score in that one back before was a 42-3 to victory for Canadian. Yeah. Um, so Idaloo with two very, very tough opponents if they want to advance all the way to the state semifinal. But uh, the momentum for Coach White seems pretty good right now. A dominant way, way to win it last night defensively, holding Crane to zero points. Yeah, hey, once again, congrats to Coach White. Spent a lot of time with Coach White uh, in, in recent years. Him and, and Trevor Owens out there doing good stuff at uh, at Idaloo head coach and uh, defensive coordinator there. And so. former Monterey offense coordinator yeah. Taylor Kane yeah, out there exactly. calling, the, yeah. calling the plays as well. So, uh some local guys doing it well uh, up to the northwest a little bit there in Idaloo. So more scores coming your way next here on the Saturday Morning Quarterback on WT97.3. Optimum Game Day Live continues on Lubbock Sports Station, WT97.3. Well, sun's up, guns up here on WT97.3. Optimum Game Day Live presented by United Supermarkets continues here from the first united bank studio uh the sun being up does not mean it's warm <laughs> and i I, I, li- I mean i literally keep having like shivers down my back thinking about what they're waking up to in ames this morning it's going to be uh interesting to say the least how many oh, oh, give me an over under give me an over under number on how many of the i don't know 75 guy how, how many guys travel on the travel roster probably not 75 it's it's no. i should know this it's probably 50-something or 60-something. I, I would know. say about 60. All right, so if 60 guys are traveling, give me a give me an over-under number on how many Texas Tech Red Raiders are just in their jersey, no long sleeves. That are playing or just on they the just, just run just off the, the They just run out of the tunnel with nothing but a jersey on Man. over their pads. I would probably go some offensive linemen, so I would maybe go like 10. Offensive, defensive linemen? I, I take the over. I think that the there'll be enough guys that are like, oh, no, I'm going to show you guys. No, nah, man, that was never me. I had a uh, middle school coach that did that. It was a game at Irons. It was very cold, and he went with the <laughs> sleeve, with no sleeves, and uh-uh. I mean, Adrian Fry's been wearing a hoodie all season, so uh, <laughs> even in August, and he was wearing a hoodie. So I I, uh, I, think some guys will definitely be bundled, but I would expect uh, I would expect some guys to be <laughs> kind of like Kirk manning it up on uh, yes. <laughs> Kirk Herbstreet looks like he's going to be an extra on Yellowstone later today. <laughs> I forget that. Just stay listening to us here on the Saturday Morning Quarterback. It is Optimum Game Day Live presented by United Supermarkets. Uh, Texas Tech and Iowa State tonight at 6. Got you covered all day long here on WT 97.3, getting ready for that ball game. We've covered the 6A, 5A, 4A, and 3A scores. We're the only remaining area team, and this is uh, not the kind of news we'd like to share with you, but it's Idaloo Wildcats. So congratulations to Idaloo. Good for green and gold, apparently, because that's also the case in 2A Division One, where New Deal beat Forsand on Thursday night, 35-11. to The Lions improved to 9-3, and and they continue their season uh, by winning that ballgame. They will now face Cisco, who uh, in a really good ballgame at Pirate Stadium last night out there in Woodrow, um, won 14-8 to over Stratford. So a heck, heck of a game there between Cisco and Stratford. Uh, Stratford's undefeated season comes to an end. Cisco now 10-2. and 2. 
the Lobos are a, a mighty foe for New Deal to face off with. Uh, uh, same new, as we discussed with Idaloo, if you've any got anybody got news on uh, a site or a time already for Cisco and New Deal, we will be glad to share it. Uh, but man, it's a it's it's a big win there for Matt Hill and his ball club because they have not found their way this deep in quite a while. Uh, or if they have, there's been someone like Post looming that uh, you know is still in the way. But uh, now into the third round with a good chance to to you know knock off a Cisco and find their way to the regional final. Uh, kind of a quiet sort of understated season in a lot of ways for New Deal because we have have not had the hype maybe as much as uh, we we used to have say a decade ago for the Lions. Yeah, but still to get back here to this point, I'm sure it's uh, it's fun times there. And of course, that run they made, I think several years now. It's been a, it's been a bit since since they made that long run. But here to get them back in this round, it's it's going to be fun to watch next week. The other side of the two A D one bracket saw Sonora beat Farwell eighteen to seven last night in Big Spring. So Sonora advances to face Holly, who uh, Panhandle just couldn't slow down. And we remember that Panhandle Eastland yeah. game from a few years oh, ago yeah. played in post. This one was yesterday afternoon at Lowry. But Holly racks up 72 points to beat Panhandle 72 to 26. They remain undefeated at 12 and 0. So 12 and 0 Holly, 10 and 2 Sonora on the bottom side of the 2A D1 bracket, 10 and 2 Cisco, 9 and 3 New Deal on the top side of that bracket. Uh, kind of the same as we've talked about with uh, Idaloo. Uh, New Deal going to have to have two really really big wins if they want to advance to the state semis. Yeah, they are going to have to. It's a tough time of year to play here in this and. Here in this this type of deal now, the third round of the playoffs, and Cisco's looking good. Kind of just looking at some of the serious history that we'll have a little bit later. I didn't know that these teams have met up before, but they have. I'll save that to uh, a little bit later in the program. But um, I'm looking forward to it. New Deal, Cisco, Sonora, Holly. That's uh, some good teams there. Ten and two, ten and two, twelve and zero, and then New Deal coming in at nine and three uh, for next week's ball games. Well, New Deal is not that new to this type of moment here in the third round. They've been there plenty of times, but New to it is New Home, who is now into the third round in 2AD2. They beat Shamrock 22-21 to last night to improve to 11-1. and They will now face Clarendon, who beat Rawls 48-14. to Clarendon now 9-3. and But uh, you had to call on that game, Andres, tonight. There's no, there's really no, uh, no, no telling where you could just start with all the yeah. big plays in that game, but none bigger than the one there at the end of the ball game. Yeah, no. First and foremost, that was a that was a fun playoff high school football game. It was uh, definitely freezing, like I'm sure it was everywhere across the uh, across the area. But 25 degrees in Hereford, Texas, um, and the uh, old press box, which seems far from the field, it's a long climb up the stairwell, no elevator, but. Uh, and no heater in the press box, but we were inside, so that helped a little bit. <laughs> uh, but still, very, very cold. Uh, since I've been there last, Hereford, you know, renovated some nice locker rooms there in the south end zone, the turf field as well. So it's been a while since I was up there, and it, it looked pretty good. And it was, it was, it was hosted a nice, nice high school football game, twenty-two, twenty-one. As you mentioned, the final score and head coach John Ward going for the two-point conversion there uh, late in the fourth quarter to to win the football game. And you know, it was, it was. Uh, a situation where Sunray scores, uh, they leave quite a bit of time on the field. So you think that uh, New Home definitely has some chance to get down and, and score uh, with the offense and the way they've been playing. And really, both defenses played tremendous last night. New Home shut uh, shut down uh, Sunray several you know you know turnover on downs, fourth down situations where the offense was stalled. So credit to the New Home defense. But then Sunray also created some turnovers and some mistakes that New Home did on offense. Uh, to keep them alive in the ball game, so it came all the way down 
to the wire and you know you get down to that goal line situation uh, inside the three yard line you have a, a a play where so you they go second down you go straight to that wildcat formation you, you get logan addison in the in the backfield who rushed for over 220 yards last week in the win versus uh hell center Sunry kind of shut him down a little bit still got his touches i believe it was 23 or so attempts but uh, you run that wildcat formation where you try to you know, hand it off to a back coming under Addison. They bump into each other, so that backs them up to the five-yard line. Third down, they go for it again and ultimately get into the end zone. Or excuse me, no, they don't. They get stomped, and then again on the next play, Addison throws the touchdown in that wildcat formation, throws the touchdown to, uh, you know, go down by one. Rolling right, right? and, and Rolling right. Setting up the two-point conversion. Setting up the two-point conversion. Went very, the other way. Yeah, very same play. Brown comes back across. Finds a wide open keys in the back of the uh, end zone for the two point conversion, but I kind of had a feeling if they were going to score, they were going to go for two to uh, take the lead. There was still about you know ninety seconds or so less uh, for Sunray, and they had a good quarterback. That that Luhan's a sophomore quarterback. He's six foot. He throws it well. Very kind of like the day, like today's quarterback, where they're throwing off their back foot and running and scrambling. Very similar to some guys that we've seen here at Texas Tech. So uh, I think he has a bright future. Uh, over there at Sunray, look out for them in years to come. But for New Home to come back and get that win after allowing Sunray to go up uh, is pretty impressive. And congrats to them, Coach Ward, and everyone there and part of uh, the New Home family to uh, get this win and move on, continuing their magical season. Yeah, no real common opponents with the exception of Smire for these two clubs uh, between Clarendon and New Home. Smire uh, fell 55-8 to when they faced Clarendon in week four and then that was the second district ball game for both smire and new home new home won 70 to 8 so if we just go off of that 15 points better <laughs> against smire uh, than was clarendon so uh you know we'll see should be a heck of a ball game uh again tough tough game that you got to win against clarendon but it'd go tougher if you win that one wellington Improved to 11-1 by shutting out Sudan, 48 to nothing. A good year for uh, John Cornelius. Ron Sanders out there at Sudan comes to an end with a record of nine and three. They played that one at Dick Bivens last night. But Wellington improves to 11 and one. They will now face Vega, who was a 48 to seven winner over Seagraves. Seagraves uh, kind of you know quietly had a second place finish there in District Four, but they will uh, finish the year overall six and six. After that loss to Vega, Vega, Wellington, Clarendon, New Home, the remaining 2AD2 teams. So three 11-man UIL schools left in the area. New Home, New Deal, and Idaloo uh, still playing. Uh, I guess uh, New Home, the only non-green and gold school to advance <laughs> to this point in time. But uh, uh, tough road ahead for all three of those schools. Certainly hope that they can get it done next week. Anybody that knows any better info on site and time for those games, Give us a shout on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. We'll share that information. Uh, trying to trying to scrounge up some knowledge uh, if we got it already. Might not have any of those picked yet. Uh, might be some of those things getting developed later on today as different folks decide what's going on. But that's all the 11-man action in UIL. We'll get you the 11-man tap scores and preview another ballgame ahead today for one of our local schools as well as the six-man action from last night when we come back here on the Saturday Morning Quarterback. This is Optimum Game Day Live presented by United Supermarkets right here on Double T 97.3. This is Optimum Game Day Live, getting you ready for Red Raider football on Double T 97.3.
And we found our way all the way to six-man scores now, where uh, just about everybody in Region 1 of Division 1 was a district opponent of a local team uh, or a local team themselves. And we got some exciting matchups coming for the regional finals in this division, without a doubt. Uh, last night, N Nazareth beats Spring Lake Earth 62-28. to uh, that game was in Petersburg. So Nazareth improves to 10-2 and on the year with that win. Spring Lake Earth finishes its season at 8-4. and Good season for the Wolverines there. But the Swifts advancing as far as I can remember them going uh, in the history of doing this show. Usually they're well into thinking about <laughs> the thump-thump and getting on the basketball floor. But instead, they're still playing some football here. The Swifts now 10-2. and They get a rematch with District 2 champion, Happy, who beat Knox City fifty to nothing last night in Motley County. Happy is eleven and one now. Knox City sees its season come to an end at nine and three. But uh, Happy and Nazareth played there in that uh, second to last week of district. Excuse me, no, they opened district against each other. That's a mistake by me. Uh, opening district with a forty to six win by Happy over Nazareth way back uh, in. Uh, October 21st when that game was played. So uh, a rematch basically a month apart. Uh, I don't know what you say if you're the Nazareth Ball Club because you, you get beat by 34. You don't get 45-pointed, which is, I guess, good news, but you get beat pretty handily. Uh, if you're Stacy Perryman and, and uh, happy, you got to feel good about uh, feeling confident to win that one. But if you're the head coach of Nazareth, Tyler Goodwin, what are you saying to your club, Andres, about uh, – wiping out a 34-point deficit uh, and trying to, to, to convince your guys they can come back and win against this happy team. Well, I think every coach s says this at some point or some way, how, you know, once you get to the playoffs, everything starts over, so you got to have a short memory and not remember what you did in the district season or even the non-district season because we do see a lot of rematches once it comes playoff time. And once we get to this third round, there's there's several uh, rematches in districts that, that, that we'll see here coming up. So I guess... I mean, if I was a coach, I would say, "Hey, gotta forget about it." I know we beat them earlier, but uh, it's a new, it's a new schedule, it's a new ball game. I mean, over the last few years, how many times did Cooper and uh, Ryder meet for a second time? And I think that was even a split uh, series, or maybe Cooper had one more win than than Ryder did that second time. But uh, you know, it's and just, Randall it's, one year as well yeah, with correct. the second matchup. Uh, it had, it's going to happen as well on the bottom side of, or in Region Two, excuse me, the Region One final, Nazareth and Happy. In Region 2, Whiteface falls to Rankin, 74-26. to A uh, great season for Keith Hughes and the Antelopes, but they finished the year at 9-3. and Rankin improves to 11-1, and where they will now face number one ranked in the state, Westbrook, who was a 48 to nothing winner over Imperial Brenna Vista. Uh, Rankin and Westbrook did play back in Week 3 of this season all the way on September 9th. It was a 58-39 to win for Rankin. That was the only loss that Westbrook has uh, had all season long. Excuse me, that was a win for Westbrook. So that's the only loss Rankin has had um, all year. And I, I said that wrong. It was 59-58, not 59-38. So a one-point ball game played in week three. Uh, I, I I can't think of, uh, and I know you know people don't pay a lot of attention in the rest of the state to six-man football, but if you're talking about hype and game of the century, whatever, a one-point game uh, between two teams with only one loss played in Week 3, now replayed in the district championship, or the, excuse me, the region championship of Region 2. That's pretty good stuff. Yeah. Uh, and that one, uh, I'd say, maybe has a chance to be played somewhere in this area. Westbrook out to the east, ranking way down to the south. 
Uh, could see that one in Midland. Maybe could see that one up here. I don't know. Would be would be fun to have some six man action at Lowry Field in Week Three. Have not had that in a while, uh, but that is a, a very very a big ball game between those schools. Division Two of six man, Whit Harrell extends its season. They beat Klondike sixty five to twenty at Trinity last night here in Lubbock. They are now eleven and one. The Panthers will now face the Balmeray Bears, who beat. Groom, 60-14. to Balmeray, the defending state champion, uh, and also uh, kind of everyone's favorite to do it again. Whit Harrell would have to knock off the Bears to extend their year in the Region 1 final. That one will be uh, next week. If you, again, sight and time on you Whit Harrell fans, let us know. We'll get the word out on that. Uh, on the other side of the bracket, it was Benjamin defeating Newcastle 56 to nothing, and Throckmorton holding on in a close one, 30-24 over Jayton. So Throckmorton and Benjamin in Region 2, Whit Harrell and Balmoray in Region 1. Uh, so really Nazareth and Whit Harrell in our listing area, both in Division 1 and Division 2, uh, still hanging on and hoping for the best as things go down the way. Whit Harrell, uh, yet another team that you know, we haven't talked a ton about, but it's been a, a very successful season for them and a, really a, a tough uh, tough schedule they've played. But Clint Lindman and company done a really good job out there. They have. They have. And I think if you've gotten to this point of the season – whether it's six man or eleven man, you've you've done a good job, and just continuing that is very special to to advance in the uh, Texas high school playoffs. And very rarely here in this area do we have people going all the way to the state. We've had in the past a little bit, but really to win it, man, it's been a, it's been quite a bit. Well, you consider who's left here with what Whit Harrell has done. They beat Throckmorton one hundred and two to fifty two mm-hmm. back in non district play. So if they were to get past Balmoray, you would think they'd have to feel good about a chance to beat. Rockmore and D one, they're they're the only one of the only losses that Nazareth has had all season, along with that district loss to Happy. Uh, Whit Harrell also knocked off Nazareth fifty four to twenty four. So uh, Whit Harrell really played a, a pretty salty non district schedule. They also beat uh, Spring Lake Earth seventy two to thirty two in the opening week. So a lot of teams that found their way into the second round of the playoffs are teams that Whit Harrell has played. So you might say, oh well, Belmaray is a whole different thing, but but Whit Harrell hasn't shied away from money folks this year. So we'll. We'll give them a shot at it, uh, that game next week, for the Region 1 championship. Are you giving them the Saturday morning quarterback shot? Are you, are you, are you, are you putting it on them? I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that to them. Okay. I'm not going to do that to them because uh, I really want them to beat Belmarie right. personally. So um, I'm just saying that there's a chance. There's a chance. Not saying it's going to happen. Not saying it's not going to happen. Okay. But but it could happen. Uh, it might happen today for the Trinity Lions as well. They will play Arlington Grace Prep in the Taps Division Three. Uh, well, I guess this is the state quarterfinal at this point. Uh, I'm not sure what they call it in Taps, but uh, they have already played Grace Prep in district play or earlier this year, excuse me, and uh, beat them pretty good. Uh, so this is a, a rematch of that game. Sweetwater Mustang Bowl, the site of that game at 1 p.m. today. Uh, should they win that one? Over Grace Prep, they will face Dallas Christian School, who was a 61-7 to winner over the Brook Hill High School. The Brook Hill. The Brook Hill, yes. Anytime that your official school name has the in it, you can consider yourself pretentious. <laughs> Just going to say that. Uh, of course, I don't know. The Brook Hill High School might be like a reform school or something. I don't know anything what I'm talking about. But either way, they are no longer playing football. They fell to Dallas Christian 61-7. to Dallas Christian now 11-1 and one on the year. Uh, Trinity with a chance to match up with those guys in the state semifinal next week if they can win today against Arlington Grace Prep. Already in the state semifinal are the Lubbock Christian Eagles. They beat Temple Central Christian, 
Texas Christian, excuse me, 52 to nothing last night at McMurray in Abilene. Uh, to improve to 10-1 and one on the year. Chris Softley's ball club now draws Hallettsville Sacred Heart, who beat Brazos Christian 45-30 to 30 last night. Uh, so Hallettsville Sacred Heart, the next opponent. Hallettsville Sacred Heart, only 6-5 and five on the year. Uh, Lubbock Christian's only loss uh, against a team I thought was a district game. It was not. They're not in the playoffs against Lubbock Christian. So no, no chance at a rematch for their one loss of the year. Uh, they have a, what looks to me on paper at least to be a really good chance to roll toward a state title. Uh, but both Trinity and Lovett Christian with chances to do that. Kingdom Prep beats Azel Christian 47-26. to Congrats to Coach Peter Griffith there as he advances to the third round with the Warriors. They could potentially see a rematch with the Christ the King Golden Lions. They will face Longview Christian Heritage later today in Strawn at 3 p.m. So good luck to the Golden Lions and uh, Christ the King there. Would love to see a rematch between the Warriors and the Golden Lions in a few weeks. The other side of that uh, TAP six-man Division three bracket sees Breckine Christian and Baytown Christian playing next week. Those are the four remaining spots in Division three of six-man action. So good luck. Congrats to the Warriors. Good luck to the Golden Lions. And more Saturday morning quarterback coming your way next on Double T 97.3. Optimum is here. From fast to 100% fiber fast. Get award-winning internet, mobile, and TV. Call 866-9-OPTIMUM or visit Optimum.com. Paid off again this past week uh, as well for Tyler Shuck running the football, the leading rusher for the Red Raiders a week ago. Not Sir Thompson, not Taj Brooks, although we did have our share of Taj Downs last week. Touchdowns. But uh, it was a very impressive showing for Tyler Shuck. Red Raiders and Cyclones tonight in the freezing cold in Ames, Iowa. Uh, what will be uh, outrageously low wind chill in the 6 to 7 range. Uh, yikes. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. Texas Tech with a chance to get bow eligible. And, man, what, what a lot of momentum it would be. Kind of twofold there. Potentially OU coming into town. Uh, at five and six, maybe they're bowl eligible if they knock off Oklahoma State today. But wouldn't it be fun to be a six and five team playing with a chance to go to seven and five, and better yet, knock Oklahoma from uh, bowl eligibility in one of its final seasons in the Big Twelve? Sign me up. That'd be great. No, oh, yeah. Sign me up for that. Uh, and by the way, sign yourself up for some tickets because the students won't be here next weekend. Definitely need everybody who can find their way into Jones Stadium to get out there and, you know, keep a Sooner from having a seat. That's the way I would say it. Uh, but uh, always a weird weekend for Texas Tech to host a home football game when you play Thanksgiving weekend at home. It's It's been a, been a few years since Tech has been in that boat, but always kind of changes the dynamic a little bit with a lot of students still not back in town. So, uh, you know, that might help a little bit too. You win today and, and continue to build some momentum, maybe a few more young people decide to find their way back early. Uh, but uh, trying to do something today that Joey McGuire has never done as the head coach of Texas Tech, win a road game. And uh, you got to be able to win a road game to have a successful program at some point. Uh, his is last chance to do it in 2022. So uh, we'll see. Texas Tech, Iowa State tonight, 6 p.m. Uh, we'll have the game right for, here, for you here on Double T 97.3. Don't forget about the Double T's 97.3 Coors Light postgame show after it's all said and done. We'll be right back here with you from the first United Bank Studios, uh, giving you the uh, rundown of things, uh, giving you the stats, the drive possession chart, as well as the uh, conversion 
score as we always do every single week and also taking your thoughts on the Yates Flooring Center chat line as well as the Benchmark Hotline at 7710973. You can give us a call this morning if you feel like it. Tell us about your favorite high school club. Jackson will get you the hookup over there across the way. But uh, speaking of the Yates Flooring Center chat line, Craig uh, having to just remind us what he said last week. He repeats his same statement saying, Friendship was a powder puff game for South Lake Carroll. Well, Craig, you were right, I guess. <laughs> that makes you feel better. But, uh, yeah, it was a tough night for Friendship falling uh, big to South Lake Carroll, 69-14. to 14. And we'll get back to all the scores here in a minute. But for now, Andres, let's uh, dive into some questions. You're welcome to give us your thoughts to these questions on the Ace Flooring Center chat line at DoubleT973.com or the DoubleT973 mobile app presented by Happy State Bank. And uh, let's just dive right in. Well, let's start with this. You already mentioned Thanksgiving coming up next week. Thanksgiving week football. A lot of teams want to be here. Uh, only a handful are left here playing in now. But uh, and, and you hear about it speaking with a lot of coaches that you know it's, it's a fun week. There's no school. All you got to do is worry about is being a football player and you get your work in before Thursday and have a nice uh, nice holiday there and come ready to go on uh, on Friday or Saturday, whatever it may be for that uh, third round game of the playoffs so really two-part question did you ever ha- play during thanksgiving and and what do you feel about thanksgiving playing uh, this time of year well the only time i played at thanksgiving was in the front yard <laughs> right <laughs> now my school played at thanksgiving plenty midland lee uh played at every thanksgiving when i was in high school my sophomore junior and senior year winning state championships um and honestly i don't remember the thanksgiving week very well what i remember as a, as a fan or as a student uh, was playing that uh, final weekend of school after school had let out for Christmas oh, because yeah. that was the state title weekend. And so, and back then it wasn't at a single site. It was still, you know, wherever it may be. So I think, I think Midland Lee won state at Cowboy Stadium or whatever it was called, Texas, Texas, Texas Stadium, Stadium in Irving uh, one year. I think they won in Austin at UT one year. And I want to say maybe one year they won in, Waco. I can't recall all the sites, but uh, the very first state title there at Lee was a bizarre one because Katie had an ineligible player in the state semifinal, oh, wow. and San Antonio MacArthur had to had to come back from having packed up their pads oh, and wow. lost to practice for like a day and mm-hmm. show up and play. It was it was not optimal, but it no. was an easy state championship uh, for 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 Lee, and then they did it two more times. But but no, I don't I don't remember it uh, really at all as a fan, and certainly I did not live it out as a player. No, didn't live it out as a player. Uh, I mean, I played soccer, so it was more of a winter type uh, sport. They're playing <clears throat> during uh, practicing during the, the the Christmas break and then the uh, spring break break there for that one, but not not Thanksgiving. Uh, for the soccer folks, but I, I do like it. I, I do like that the kids are able to focus on just football for a week and kind of put the school work to uh, to the side for a moment and and focus on a, a playoff game. Well, there's so many different uh, you know areas in which coaches can really kind of change the dynamic. Obviously, you can work out earlier in the day if you want to. If you're off from school, some you know some districts still have school on Monday, Tuesday, even some maybe half day on Wednesday, on Wednesday. Uh, still. But then other folks that uh, go into, you know, different kinds of, of plans where they will keep the same routine throughout the week, practice at the same time of day. Uh, some schools doing a, kind of a, a small run-through on 
Thanksgiving morning and then uh, letting people go back to their families. Some school doing a huge, massive, you know, citywide potluck, <laughs> depending on how you go about things. We've talked to a lot of coaches over the years who have attacked that in different ways. Uh, and then in some places, you know, going ahead and plan on Thanksgiving Day itself, getting the Thursday game out of the way, maybe to have a preferred venue that, that yeah. isn't available on Friday or Saturday. Uh, I think that happens at the Star every year in Frisco, where there's some Thursday games that end up getting played. I, I, I'm not sure what I would uh, what I would say about the the best uh, options there, but uh, certainly an uh, interesting uh, inter- interesting way of going about it because you don't want to you don't want to mess with family time, but you also don't want to lose momentum during the week. So you got to find a way to balance the holiday with practice. Yeah, well, and even planning ahead to a state a possible state championship game that could be on a Thursday, so you kind of want to prepare for that too, playing on a Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, later on down the road. Uh, obviously, we've mentioned the cold not only here, not only in Ames, looking at the TV in Montana, very, very cold. How do you handle cold football games? Are you uh, multiple layers? Are you hand warmers? Are you, <laughs> what, are you what are you, how do you, how do you handle these cold weather games? I always thought that uh, it was kind of silly when people talked about how when you get older, you get colder. <laughs> But I believe it after last week. I, I thought I was well prepared for Texas Tech and Kansas. I had three layers on, on top. I had, uh, well, really three layers on the bottom because I was wearing two pairs of socks, long johns, and my jeans. Um, so arguably four layers even <laughs> down on the, on the lower limbs there. I, I really thought I was in good shape. And by the third quarter, I was, I was pretty miserable. Yeah. Uh, wore gloves. Don't usually wear gloves, but I wore gloves. So... I, I don't know what my best plan is. I just know that I don't function quite as well as I used to function in the cold. No, it's tough. It's tough. I have to go several layers, several jackets, gloves as well uh, to these games. But I got a beanie, definitely throwing throwing that on. But uh, prefer, preferably the press box would be where I want to be when it comes to, to cold weather games. So it's amazing what these uh, athletes, student athletes are able to do when it gets that cold. Because even last night, I believe in, in Herford, there was still some sleeveless sleeveless football players and it was about 25 degrees there in Hereford. well and i and i will say that uh <laughs> i mean moving is better than not moving yeah correct and uh, correct. there was a lot of people in my section who kept wondering what the heck i was doing in fact my son was like dad <laughs> stop jumping and i was like i'm not stopping jumping security's I'm, coming <laughs> i'm i'm very cold and i'm going to jump and i might even dance just to stay warm but uh and certainly the high volume Intense music that plays at uh, Texas Tech sporting events didn't slow me down from that. I'll give a shout out here real quick to Tammy on the Ace Flooring Center chat line for correcting me. My uh, my spreadsheet I did not update uh, back in I guess it was August when this was uh, announced. It might have been a little bit earlier than that, but it is not Clint Lemon there anymore at Whitherall. It is uh, Jeremy Holt who uh, graduated from Silverton, but. Uh, uh, has coached 11-man football, but now back at Whit Harrell in the six-man game that he grew up in. He had coached Seminole and, and also Shallow Water uh, for a few years in the 11-man game. But uh, congratulations not to Coach Lim, but to Coach Holt on leading Whit Harrell now into the third round. And appreciate Tammy for listening. Uh, my bad. Yeah, sorry. We 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 are we're Whit Harrell fans here on the show. Don't want to make anybody uh, uh, upset there. So uh, congratulations to Coach Holt. We get that right here, and a lot of uh, a lot of you know stockpile that he was able to walk into at Whit Harrell and guys that were returning uh, from last year's ball club, and certainly he has done a ton with it uh, and taking a team that was eight and three last year and advancing them a round further than they advanced uh, a year ago. So uh, shout out to Tammy, and we'll, we'll be with you guys throughout the rest of the way here, hoping uh, for Whit Harrell to. 
to keep things rolling. All right. What's your next question, Andres? All right. We saw this successfully done in the new home game. Not so successful in the Seminole game, but going for two late in the fourth quarter to uh, go up instead of settling for the tie. Do you love going for the two-point conversion to win the game? Well, all right. So I want to talk about the new home game in a second. I think typically that the rule of thumb that, that I – and I guess my dad is the one that always said this to me. I don't know if there's any rule book or any. Uh, and in fact, I, I think now uh, a lot of the, the metrics, the whatever, the analysis of the data says going for two earlier is the is the better play percentage wise rather than kicking through, say, an overtime and all that kind of stuff. Even an o- overtime going for two is better off. But I, I would typically say that I still agree with my dad in the sense that if it is a home game, let's go to overtime. If it's a road game, let's take the crowd out of it and just do it. Now, in high school football, especially in the playoffs and neutral sites, that's not a factor anymore. Right. So, uh, And even in a high school game in a regular season, the road crowd is usually significant enough that you don't feel like you're you're not, you're not in an end zone environment where the, the noise and all the things kind of interfere with you. But what I saw last night in New Home, where I really thought that the call that was made to go for two uh, was the right call, is the fact that you had, had clearly practiced a play with the one you ended up running that rolled all the action to the left, kind of on a naked bootleg. Really, wasn't a naked bootleg. It was a reverse pitch from the quarterback to a. Uh, and I don't know if he's lined up in the slot or if he's lined up at receiver. It was. It was actually not the quarterback. It was another receiver that, that lined up that, at receiver. It was a wildcat in motion left. With. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. So, but the previous play, you had run another wildcat took you to the right and had all the flow going that way and you found the receiver yeah. in the end zone for the touchdown. What I love about the call, you had it in your playbook, you had it ready to go. Uh, why I really liked you know, what ultimately was done there uh, by John Ward and company was the fact that the flow had just gone to the right. Now we're going to run a play that the flow comes kind of on almost a counter-type pitch out of nowhere to the left. It was the perfect play call at the right time. You had it in your playbook. You clearly had practiced it. Uh, and it just it just set up well. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you did not have the flow to the right to play before that that play functions quite as, as well, but it looks like you're heading back the same direction, and then boom, here comes the pitch, yeah. and you got a wide open, uh, I guess, tight end maybe or a slot back. I don't know I who, it, yeah, where, next, where the receiver came another from. Another receiver, yeah, kind of coming out in the back. But, yeah, I love the call from last night. Definitely uh, support New Home the rest of the way, but just in general, going for two to win the game. It's gutsy at times. It's a risk, but uh, if it works out, it, it definitely works out, and it moves you on to the next round. Well, and it certainly did, as New Home will continue to play next week. We'll get to some more questions. We'll also take a look at who's left out here in West Texas when we come back here on the Saturday Morning Quarterback, part of Optimum Game Day Live, presented by United Supermarkets here on Double T 97.3. New coach, new season, same tailgate. Optimum Game Day Live on Double T 97.3. And welcome back to the Saturday Morning Quarterback. Garrett Left and Andres Flores here with you from the First United Bank Studios. Jackson Frazier across the way uh, playing some jams today. Well done, Jackson. Got some more questions for you. Join us on the Ace Flooring Center channel on double T973.com and the double T973 mobile app brought to you by Happy State Bank. If you'd like to uh, get your thoughts into these same questions that are being asked by Andres, but uh, Andres, uh, some good ones so far. I 
you got me thinking about turkey as well with your thanksgiving questions but uh <laughs> it's about that time hopefully uh i get to, i get a hold of a good one this year i'm not sure some years some years have been disappointing have they for the uh for the love family uh thanksgiving depending on where we've been hoping for better better results this year <laughs> my wife's family often just says forget it all the way together and goes with like enchiladas oh, or nice. brisket or you know non-traditional options which uh, I'm, I'm cool with that too but uh anyway that wasn't your question so <laughs> so go ahead with your your next question fire uh, away okay we can do a couple of quick ones here a rematch in the playoffs when it comes to a district opponent or just someone you saw early on in the season who has the advantage the winner of the first game or the loser of the first game I think that's a qualified answer because uh, like if I'm if I'm Nazareth, right, and I got beat by 30 plus by Happy, I think the advantage is to Happy because there was such a dominant clean win that I I think you can't help as the opponent but think, man, we what are we going to do? What what can we do differently? We just don't match up, right? But um I think when it's a close ball game, the advantage definitely goes the way of the team that lost because we know we can't compete. We know we were close, and just that added revenge factor comes into play. Obviously, every game is its own game, mm -hmm. and every play will be different. You're not going to have the identical matchup. Coaches will make different decisions, but uh, you know, I, I just, I just think that's that's the way I would see it. Because if you really pound somebody, and that's and that's the kind of thing as a coach, I think sometimes you talk about in games that are, you know, third quarter games that are one or two score games. Um, not that you always anticipate a rematch against somebody, but you don't you don't want to just you know kind of get by with where you're at. I think you also like sending messages not just to the team you're currently playing, but to the teams that you might play later. You know, in your own season, just saying, "Oh, did you see how they beat them by you know 30? I mean, as a basketball coach, you know, if if it, if it was a 29 point lead, I wanted to get one more bucket just so the math would work itself out to be a 30 point win because it just felt different. Even though 31 and 29 are a bucket apart, <laughs> over 30 just felt like a different number. So I, I, I will say, yeah, a dominant win in the previous game goes to the winner of that one. A close win, I'd say the advantage goes to the loser. Yeah, and you never know with a, a neutral site now, <coughs> instead of it being a, a district home game or a district away game, you, know, you get a neutral site. Obviously, the weather's going to be a factor as we get later into uh, November or even December. So that's just things to keep an eye on there for these rematches we're going to have several i think here coming up not only in our area but across the state i'm sure there's plenty of rematches when it comes to this third round of the playoffs and everyone meeting up in the uh, in their respective regions for that one so it should be a lot of fun uh next question what scares you the most when looking at a previous week result is it the amount of points scored or the amount of points allowed I think just because one can go higher and higher and one can't, yeah. that the number of points scored is, is <laughs> a little more scary. concerning. Like, oh, my goodness, they put but 77. I think over the course of a season, when you look at uh, somebody that has given up single digits week after week after week after week, or you can go back to, like, say, uh, what, two years ago, three years ago with that – I think it was three years ago, not the, not the state semifinal team, but the one the year before at Roosevelt – uh, you know, that didn't give up more than a field goal or a touchdown for like seven or eight weeks, right? I mean, nobody was nobody was getting more than seven points against them on a weekly basis. I, I think the longevity of that kind of scares you. Um, my my uncle uh, Post played in the state semifinal against Dangerfield back in the 80s, and I believe they got three first downs that day, and that took the number of first downs Dangerfield had given up that year to four. <laughs> wow. 
they literally did not give up first downs, much less points, as they were just stacked with Division One players at a, uh, I think at that time, 3A level. Uh, it was it was really an insane roster that they had. But that kind of that kind of dominance on defense, I do think, sends a message. But uh, you know, if you don't, if you only have one week of that in the previous week, then eh, whatever. Like like say for instance, you know, Idalu shuts out Crane, 28 to nothing. I I don't think when you look at the rest of the season that Cisco's going, oh crud, man, Idalu. I don't know who shut out Crane last week. Well, they've given up points in the other weeks, yeah. right? But uh, when you hang a 70-burger, an 80-burger on somebody, I <laughs> think that, that jumps off the page a little bit more at you. You know, and, and maybe just to be a, a different end of it, how about defense is also scoring when it gets to 60, 70, 80. Maybe there's a couple of defensive touchdowns that, that raises that number up or a special teams touchdown that raises that number up so it's not all the offense. All well, the and that's – and I mean, typically that is the case, right, in a game like that. Yeah. Either a turnovers quickly lead to offensive scores or – uh, you know, defenses like, like Cooper has done a really good job of the last few years. That Cooper defense scores a lot of points. They like do. they get a lot of pick sixes. They get scoop and scores. They they thrive on turnovers, but they turn them into points. I think that side of things also is uh, you know you know worth worth noting that uh, that that can make things out of hand. But you know, t- turn turnovers are maybe the most important cog in some of these games now. When you get into November, you cannot let the game be swayed. Uh, real quickly from Kyle on the uh, chat line: New Deal Cisco, two p.m. Friday at Colorado City. I like it. Okay, and we will have a show next week. It'll be cold, but we will definitely have a show. Yes, and we will. We will right here. Uh, well, we won't be right here. We'll be over at Jones Stadium, <laughs> hopefully with Chris Sizemore bringing the heated blankets again. Chris Sizemore MVP. How about that? <laughs> but a third straight night game for Texas Tech uh, against the Oklahoma Sooners. So we will be with you all day long on. Uh, the uh, Optimum Game Day Live over there at Jones Stadium. But, uh, yep, we will be with you at least one more time. Sadly, probably only one more time because not a lot of teams left out here in West Texas All right, this I have year. One more question. I want to get to it real quickly. We have time. We can save it for the no, – Okay, let's go. Let's go. Uh, new deal, new home, both still playing alive. Can you name or can you give me a number of how many news are in the Texas high school football? Oh, man. Okay. I got a list here, so we can go down the line. I, I'm trying to think. <laughs> no, what is there's a, there's a school in two A or three A that usually is pretty good down in the valley. I want to say New Caney. I don't know if mm-hmm. there is there a New Caney. There is. There's a New Cane, Caney Porter and a New Caney High. Okay, so, so there's two down there's there. There's New Caney. Um, Hmm. The easy ones are New Deal and New Home. You got those. Yeah, I got, I got yes. those. Um, how many? Well, so how many total? I don't have. I just have a, a running list here. I don't. Uh, it's it's probably about seven or eight. There's probably ought to be one that I would know from somewhere else, closer to us than we would think. But uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of folks in the Metroplex that would be new something, but I, I can't. Uh, is there a new Grange? Why there's, do I have that in my head? There's ten, and there's no new Grange. Well, there's Lug Range, but not New Grange. Um, there's ten total. There's 10 okay, total. I, I I don't think I've got anything else. Okay, so we have New Camey, and then the New Camey Other School. Yes. New Deal, New Home. There is New Boston, the New Boston Lions. Okay. Okay. There is New Braunfels. Oh well, that's yeah. that was uh, and New Braunfels Canyon. I blew <laughs> New that. New Braunfels one. Canyon. Should have had those two. That that was easy. <laughs> those were gimmies. I blew those. Yeah. You, you got Caney and you got Caney Porter, New Deal Lions, New Diana, the Eagles. Oh yes, New okay. Diana Eagles, the New Home Leopards, of course, New London, the Wildcats, 
even though they're not playing no more. So, but we'll, we'll give them credit for that. New, New London, London. Mm-hmm. okay. And then New Waverly, Bulldogs. New Waverly. New Waverly. Hmm. Okay. Well, there's a lot of news there. <laughs> any any of those schools still playing football? Waverly is still playing. Uh, New Home still playing. Diana still playing. And uh, the Bronxfuls are still playing, of course. And Cliff Kingsbury, the pride of New Braunfels <laughs> Unicorns football. The pride. And then New Boston is uh, playing as well. Okay, well, that's that's very interesting. I would not have I would not have thought of that. Uh, thankfully, there's new schools in West Texas, or we have almost no one left playing football out here this way. I don't mean to be negative, uh, but honestly, you know, I, I, there's a lot of years that, uh, quite frankly, I mean, the way this works is if we have enough teams, we'll keep having shows, yeah. right? And so uh, I find myself ready to. You know, tell Jamie, yeah, Jamie Lent put us on the air, man. We got this many, we got this many uh, games, and so we got this many schools. We'll talk to some coaches; it'll be good. I got nothing this year because <laughs> we are literally down to three eleven-man teams in UIL. That being New Home, New Deal, and Idaloo. There are only remaining teams: uh, Nazareth and Whit Harrell, both in the six-man rank. So five UIL clubs that are still trying to advance on. And then, uh, really, it's, it's nice that we do have four TAP schools, all with, with, I mean, honestly, high hopes at this point in time. Trinity going to play later today at 1 p.m. to look to advance to the state semifinal in TAPS Division Three. Love it, Christian already there in TAPS Division Four after their win last night over Temple Central Texas Christian. Kingdom Prep already into the state semifinal in six-man Division Three, and Christ the King playing later today to be their opponent in the state semifinal. Someone asked, how about Newcastle? I thought about adding Newcastle, but there's not a space in between new and castle. It's just one it's word. It's just one word. So I left them off, but uh, thank you for the catch. And they got smoked by Benjamin last <laughs> night, so we don't give them the benefit of the doubt anyway. All right, we got more to come. I'll get you all the scores one more time here, and then we look ahead to some serious history of the remaining games next week in the state, uh, well, the regional semifinal in six-man, the regional final, or excuse me, regional semifinal in 11-man, regional f- final in six man and get you all those scores next on the Saturday morning quarterback double T 973. You're listening to optimum game day live countdown to kickoff presented by United supermarkets. Well, it won't be a dark desert highway. It'll be a dark tundra. Tonight for the Red Raiders in Ames, Iowa, where uh, I don't think there's supposed to be any moisture. So that's, I guess, a positive development. But it'll be freezing cold, uh, quite literally, uh, there where uh, I I, I wonder, you know, what do you do with the water bottles when it's wind chill of four to keep them from icing? Everyone's got new jobs, I imagine, on a night like tonight uh, on the support (laughs) staff there. Texas Tech trying to get bowl eligible, but in a place where uh, the only time I can remember a good memory in Iowa was a year in which you were already eliminated from bowl eligibility. And uh, Kenny Williams did a swinging jump kick after a touchdown, like a ninja <laughs> celebration in the end zone. Uh, that game was meaningless. So looking back, that's that's not the kind of memories you want to have of experiences. You know, getting whipped by 50 with Pat Mahomes as your quarterback, uh, I remember. <laughs> Seneca Wallace, Seneca Wallace still running around somewhere right now. Uh, I remember uh, these are these are all negative memories, uh, and unfortunately, the cloud defense been the most recent memory that is just really 
clouded up the Texas Tech offense, and they continue to be very, very good defensively in 2022. Texas Tech going to have to figure out an elixir for that uh, scheme this year to get bowl eligible, but they got a chance at it. 6 p.m. tonight here on Double T 97.3, Red Raiders and Cyclones. Optimum Game Day Live takes you all the way up to kickoff here on Double T 97.3, and the Double T 97.3 Coors Light postgame show will be with you here from the First United Bank Studios later on tonight to take your calls and thoughts after what we hope is, uh, you know, you can go ahead and start buying in on your uh, your bowl tickets. No no telling where that will end up, but uh, hopefully that's something you can do, you know, around 10 p.m. tonight if you just feel like going ahead and putting down your down payment on your uh, on your bowl tickets. So we'll see what happens, but Red Urgent Cyclones later on. It is a unfortunately end of the year for almost everybody out here in West Texas except for a select few in high school football, starting with Friendship, who saw their season come to an end at the hands of the South Lake Carroll Dragons, 69-14 to in San Angelo last night. Friendship finishes its year at 9-3 and on the season. And meanwhile, in 5A Division One, Cooper also saw its season come to an end, falling to Alito, 45-21. to The Pirates also end their year at 9-3. and uh, really, you know, for for both schools, Cooper, it's first year in 5A D1. For Friendship, it's first year to kind of advance successfully in 6A uh, into a, a second round playoff game. But uh, both both schools maybe not what they were hoping for uh, ultimately, but really still pretty good seasons. Yeah, and even for the Friendship Tigers, you know, being in, in a very tough <laughs> 6A district, and then of course 6A Division Two that had names like Geyer and Highland Park and. South Lake Carroll, they run into Carroll last night, fall up short. But overall, the season, you know, a big-time rivalry win early on in the year and then winning their district or at least sharing uh, the district title there in 2-6A. It's got to be a positive season for, for Jay Northcutt and company and being able to uh, carry that on not only through next year but the future of uh, Friendship Tiger football. Other games of interest in 6A and 5A, Midland Legacy will play Keller today at uh, Midland Astound Broadband Stadium. That's a that's a mouthful. That's a 1 p.m. game for the Rebels there, the only team left in 2-6A. Abilene High advanced by beating Red Oak 35 to nothing last night. They'll face Burleson Centennial next. However, Tascosa falls to Burleson Centennial 31-7. Amarillo High falls to Midlothian 56-28. So Abilene High, the only survivor out of 2-5A into the regional semifinal round. In uh Plainview and Lubbock High's district, Abilene Wiley advanced uh, over Colleyville Heritage 50-40 to there in 5A Division II. Wichita Falls Rider fell to Argyle 7 to nothing, and Abilene Cooper uh, fell to Grapevine 38-21. So uh, two Abilene schools, Abilene High and Abilene Wiley in D1 and D2 respectively, uh, advancing on into the playoffs. In 4A Estacado season, uh, comes to an end at a 7-5 and record. They fall to Randall on Randall's home field, 27-14 to up in Canyon last night. Uh, the Matadors under Will Blaylock uh, have, a, have a really good year, but they are not able to make it to the third round. Randall advancing to face Decatur. Meanwhile, Brownwood, who won Estacado's district, uh, advanced by beating Canyon 31-10. to They will face Wichita Falls, who beat Br- Big Spring 31-7. to uh, So Brownwood and Randall, the only area teams left. There, Seminole fell on Thursday night down in 4A Division Two, 40 to 41 to Godley. Uh, their season ends at 10 and 2 on the year. Uh, Wichita Falls Hershey continued on. They beat Canyon West Plains 42 to 17. They get Glenrose next. Godley gets Monahan's next. 
But uh, man, unfortunately, six A all the way through four A, Andres, not a not a West Texas school, not a South Plains school. <laughs> Left to be seen. Now, just some tough results there for that one. But even some of the guys that we're familiar <coughs> with, I think you're, you're you're pulling for them. I, I would think, and you know, district opponents and teams that uh, that you've seen throughout the season. At least I will be keeping an eye on, and that's the likes of Abilene High. You go down to four A Randall. That's that's a team that we've heard and, and seen plenty of here throughout the uh, throughout uh, our area here. And then of course Wiley, who was in that district last. Uh, last year with the Ryder and, and Lubbock Cooper. So kind of just keep an eye, an eye on them and seeing what they do uh, the rest of the way. Still some nice matchups. Argyle's a name that uh, uh, we've heard and kept uh, kept close and Grapevine as well. Uh, so that's just going to be some games that, uh, even though if your team's out, I'm sure as a high school football fan, you're, you're continuing to follow along and, and and see how it all comes out and do it in. Yeah, certainly, especially if you've played some of these yeah. folks, you're, you're interested in seeing how they – uh, pan out here. Texter on the Yates Point Center chat line asking, why are Texas teams east of this region so dominant? From El Paso to Dallas, teams seem to go from worst to best. Uh, adds that he might have a theory that's not politically correct. Well, Love to uh, I, 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 I think I might be picking up what he's putting down. But ultimately, I mean, number one, I think that the, the biggest reason is they're bigger schools. There's just more kids in those schools. So no matter... No matter how you lay it out from 1A all the way up to, well, maybe not 1A, but from 2A on up, the larger schools in the classification are coming from the eastern side of the state, closer to the Mesterplex, closer to that that part of Region 1. Uh, so there's just a bigger pool of kids to pull from. And then number two, I just think you're you're around more year-long competition in athletics, so you're you're more consumed with that maybe, whereas... Uh, farther out here to the to the west, I just I just don't think you have as much of an inundation of that. Although Lubbock definitely a sports town, kids play sports all year long, but uh, I just think that the pool of 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 you know players is is smaller. Of course, you know Monterey, one of the largest five A schools in the state, but uh, you know just a just a different different uh, you know clientele in terms of, uh, of of all the different things that people have access to and opportunities to do. Uh, I, I don't know that I would agree with the Texter's theory that I'm assuming the Texter's having uh, completely because, uh, you know, a South Lake Carroll team, uh, very high income, high socioeconomic community that uh, just has kids that have, have probably had, you know, literally personal trainers and, and uh, athletic performance uh, processing for years, uh, even before high school. It, it just it just plays out differently in a big city. Uh, but. You hate it because you this this is every year what we want on on, on this show at least yeah. is to is to knock them out. Scotty adding on the Ace Point Center chat line the difference is and he says in all caps with exclamation points speed, and he's not wrong because it it is a different pace a lot of times especially in the four a five a six a ranks when you see guys that can really move just the pace of everything is different than what you see on a weekly basis, <laughs> and it, and it blow, kind of blows you back a little bit when you're not used to that. Uh, another texture saying, isn't it easier for a good DFW team to recruit from nearby districts? Uh, and I don't, I, I'm sure that's true in football, uh, but you see it a ton in basketball where guys will bounce around at this, this school to that school. And, uh, you know, they don't have to just do that within a district. They do that in different districts just because, uh, there's, you know, maybe four or five districts all within a 15 mile radius of each other that, uh, uh, you know, you move a little bit one way or another here, you are in a new place. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see another texter, D. Mills, saying this might help friendship decide what to do when second high school built. Well, it'll be interesting to see where, because I think both friendship and Cooper probably 
thinking 5A D2-ish will be the size of those schools, but I'd be very intrigued to see what the numbers actually play out to. Mm -hmm. And if you can stay, you know, do you do what, what, what say, a, a, you know, a Midland or a Odessa or a Lubbock has seen where, with the exception of Estacado, everyone's typically on the same size until this last year where Lubbock had dropped? Or do you do like a San Angelo, yeah. or which seen in Amarillo at times where, uh, you know, you got a, two teams in two different classifications. To me, the optimal thing to just produce rivalry and fun is to be in the same district. But uh, we'll see what happens. It'll be very interesting. Great thoughts on the 8th Point Center chat line. I appreciate those people uh, chiming in on that thought. We'll take more of those thoughts as well in the 8th Point Center chat line. We still have to get you the 3A, 2A, and 6-man scores one more time. And the good news is there's some West Texas teams still playing and some of those ones. We'll get you those winners, and we'll look ahead to their matchups next week as Andres will tell us uh, have they played before and who has the series advantage in those ball, or those ball games as well. That coming up next on the Saturday Morning Quarterback. This is Optimum Game Day Live, presented by United Supermarkets on Double T 97.3. Optimum Game Day Live continues on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3. Far too many South Plains schools already seen their final countdown uh, last night or previous weeks here as only a handful remain out in our neck of the woods on West Texas here, but uh, still some hope to be had. Uh, unfortunately, not true in 3A Division One either. Shallow Water Falls to Paradise 17-14 to last night. The Mustang season comes to an end at 10 and 2, but in 3A Division 2, uh, there's more hope. Sorry, Muleshoe also fell 57 to 20. The Mules end their season at 8 and 4 uh, on the year. They fall to Brock in that one. In 3A Division 2, though, Idaloo is a winner. They beat Crane 28 to nothing. The Wildcats advance to take on the Wall Hawks, who are 10 and 1 on the year. They beat Childress 44 to 10 last night. So Idaloo and Wall matching up in the regional semifinal and uh andres is this one we've ever seen before we have we have it'll actually be the third meeting all time between idaloo and wall <coughs> the series is tied at one apiece one to one the last contest 2013 an area round game where wall defeated idaloo 35 to 14 2006 in a regional quarterfinal game idaloo defeated wall 33 to 14 so uh Rubber match. Rubber match. At least for now, to be played between these two schools. No common opponents this past year, uh, but uh, Wall has played some some tough ones. They've played Cisco. They've played Jim Ned, uh, and certainly their district also was pretty tough uh, this year as well. So Wall will be a, a challenge for the Idaloo Wildcats, but certainly one we hope they can win. We'll be pulling for them in that one. On the other side of that 3A Division II bracket, Canadian will face Spearman. Uh, both of those teams, district foes out of District Three. There, Canadian at ten and two, Spearman at five and seven. But Spearman coming off a forty-nine to nothing shutout of Alpine, so uh, they might the links might be kind of getting getting hot right at the right time to to try and knock off Canadian. But uh, that one. two straight big weeks uh, for Canadian, uh, excuse me, for Idaloo mm -hmm. uh, to advance to the state semifinal if they want to continue on. Yeah, Canadian Spearman 59th meeting all time. Canadian leads thirty-seven to nineteen with two ties. As well, uh, the last contest was actually this season, back in October, October 14th. Canadian won it 42-3. to Spearman got a forfeit win in 2020. I'm sure that was uh, COVID-related there for that one. But that's the last uh, win there for the for the Lynx. Yeah, it's been a weird few years for Spearman kind of hiding out behind shoulders and Canadian because 
Uh, they've they've had some teams that have knocked off one or the other of those teams, and they've also, you know, had games that they've lost to people that seem inexplicable. So it's it's hard to hard to gauge those guys, but they will uh, try to knock off Canadian next week. And two A Division One New Deal has advanced as well. They beat Forsan thirty five to eleven on Thursday night. They will now face the Cisco Lobos, who are ten and two. Cisco coming off a fourteen to eight win over Stratford, who came into that game undefeated from down in the panhandle but cisco another team that has just played a murderer's row of opponents throughout the year no common opponents between cisco and new deal uh this season but uh do we have any serious history here yeah rematch from a a playoff game last year second meeting all time cisco won it in 21 34 to 14 i believe that was also a regional quarterfinal game there against new deal it was an alliance with a, a tough test, and if they were to win that one, the district champion of Cisco's district, Holly, who beat Cisco by four points earlier this year, uh, could be waiting on them. Sonora will face Holly next week, 10-2 and 2 and 12-0, and 0, those two teams. Seagrave season came to an end last night in 2A Division Two. They fell to Vega 48-7. to The Eagles finish at 6-6. Six and six. Unfortunately, the same is true for the Sudan Hornets. They fall to Wellington 48 to nothing. At Dick Bivens and Amarillo last night, Sudan finishes the year at nine and three. So Vega and Wellington matching up in the regional semifinal. Rawls fell to Clarendon, forty-eight to fourteen, and New Home beat Shamrock in a game that you called that was a thriller via a two-point conversion at the end of the ball game. Uh, a lot of guts from John Ward there to win it, but uh, New Home advances at eleven and one now to take on nine and three Clarendon next week. Told you earlier they both played Smire this year. 55-8 to eight was the win for Clarendon over Smyre. 70-8 to eight was the score for New Home. So transitive property means New Home should win this game by 15 points, right? That's <laughs> that's what it means. But do we have any serious history between Clarendon and New Home? Yeah, so uh, first let's go up to Vega and Wellington. That'll be uh, the, the, those winners will take on the winner of Clarendon versus New Home. But uh, fifth meeting all-time between Vega and Wellington. Wellington leads 4-0. to zero. The last contest was in 2021. A by district game, Wellington defeated Vega 38-7. to And then for Clarendon and Newhome coming up next week, first meeting all time between Clarendon and Newhome. Should be a fun one. I mean, Newhome's kind of rolling. Luck, a little bit of luck on their side as well. They've had a great season uh, so far. Can they keep uh, the football in Logan Addison's hand? Can Caleb Cook play well at quarterback there for them? And defensively, I felt they did a nice job last night versus Sundown, shutting down a, a very high-powered air raid type of offense their quarterback for Sunray coming in had 48 touchdown passes to nine interceptions throwing for over 4,000 yards so he's only a sophomore there for the Bobcat football team I thought uh, the Leopards did a fantastic job defending that so we'll see what happens next week should be a fun one here as we uh, play 2A Division 2 football. Well region one uh, just a ton of teams from uh, either the Wichita Falls area or way up into the Panhandle. That's all that's left yeah. except for New Home. New Home is just uh, going to have to fight its way through the Panhandle here to finish things off if they want to make it uh, into the state semifinals and be the Region 1 champion. But uh, certainly a lot of momentum. They share the best record left in the region with Wellington at 11-1. and one. Down in six-man, Nazareth, Nazareth, Nazareth <laughs> defeated Spring Lake Earth 62-28 to last night to earn a rematch with Happy, who beat Knox City 50 to nothing. Uh, that a game that they played in district earlier this year between Nazareth and Happy. That was won by Happy 40-6. to uh, But Nazareth getting another shot at those guys. Meanwhile, in Region 2, Rankin and Westbrook will match up in the regional final 
uh, on that side of things. But Nazareth uh, with a tough road to hoe, but certainly I'm sure excited to get another chance at a happy. Yeah, don't have any serious history here for these guys, but uh, I think they're going to get that rematch there, mix, mix in with them. Six-man division two, Whit Harrell beats Klondike 65-20. to That earns a regional final matchup with the Balmeray Bears, who beat Groom 60-14 to uh, in Hermley last night. So Whit Harrell at 11-1, Balmeray at 10-1. Jeremy Holtz Club, again, apologies to the folks up there in Whit Harrell, uh, still giving Clint Lemon credit on this one, but Jeremy Holtz Club is... The one that uh, will will advance on here against Balmeray, the defending state champion, uh, but uh, Whitharrow with an outstanding year, kind of understated really when you look at it. But uh, they will get a, a chance here. Throckmorton is one other team in Region Two who survives. They will face Benjamin in the Region Two final. But uh, Whitharrow already having beaten Throckmorton 102 to 52 earlier this year, you, you got to feel good about your chances if you can beat Balmeray to to take on a likely a Benjamin team. Uh, in the regional final, but there's just uh, some 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 good pedigree here for what Harrell's done up to this point to give them some hope of of advancing on. But uh, Nazareth and Whit Harrell are two remaining uh, six man schools from the South Plains in uh, regions one or excuse me divisions one and two, respectfully. In Taps action, Lubbock Trinity will face Arlington Grace Prep this afternoon at 1 p.m. at the Mustang Bowl in Sweetwater. Should they beat Grace Prep, which by the way would be their second win over Grace Prep this season. Those two teams matched up uh, earlier this year in week uh, nine, or excuse me, week eight. It was back on October 21st, where uh, in a fairly close ball game, Trinity wins 42-33. to 33. Uh, So, again, to talk about that uh, rematch situation there, I, I think this is one I'd have to kind of give a, a yeah. little sway to Grace Prep. You only lost by nine. You feel like you might have a shot at them, but – if Trinity wins, they'll face Dallas Christian next week. Lubbock Christian beat Temple Central Texas Christian 52 to nothing. They will face Hallettsville Sacred Heart next week in the state semifinal in Taps Division 4. Kingdom Prep is already into the state semifinal. They beat Azel Christian to advance in the Taps six-man Division 3 ranks. 47 to 26 was that score. And they'll face Christ the King next week if Christ the King can knock off Longview Christian Heritage today at 3 p.m. They're going to play that one in Strawn. So, total... Seven, eight, nine potential teams after today from the South Plains still looking to stay alive. It's better than nothing, Andres, <laughs> and we'll take it. It's enough that we'll do a show next week. We'll see you again on the Saturday morning quarterback for the Oklahoma Sooners next week at 7 a.m., but coming up next today as we prepare for Iowa State and Texas Tech, it's Stafford and Ashby on Optimum Game Day Live, presented by United.